Okay, it's Matt with Mescal Mountains, and tonight I'm going to walk you through uh, knife selection, um, the different grinds, uh, the difference between a survival knife and a bushcraft knife, and wilderness and urban carry. Okay, so let's start with the basics. I'm going to grab a knife, and let's start with the basics of a knife. This knife is the Benchmade Bushcrafter. It is a saber grind. On a saber grind, you want to look at, it's like this. Basically, it comes straight down, curves in, and then does a V. And you have the blade, the spine of the, the, spine of the blade, the edge. You can see where the grind starts. Then you have the handle. These holes are lashing points. And this knife is a full tang knife, meaning that the still of the knife goes all the way through the handle, all the way through. The, the handle part is called the slabs on this style. This knife is used mainly for the wilderness it is a good knife it's a s30v is the metal but we're going to talk price points and what you get for that this knife will run you about 200 dollars, give or take if you're going to be an instructor or you're going to be carrying it this is a good option it comes with a deer leg sheath but whatever this would be a hybrid of a survival knife and a bushcraft knife. It's still thin enough to where you can do fine intricate carvings, but it's strong enough for you to beat it. Now let's talk about that. You take a $600 knife and a $5 knife and you put them in the hands of Morris Kohansky when he was alive and he's going to make either one look like a knife you want to buy. It's not the cost of the knife. It's not the materials of the knife. It's the skill with the knife. Okay, so we're going to walk through how I've progressed. I didn't start off with this and to be honest with you, this stays in one of my bags and I forget about it because it being S30V is a form of stainless, I don't have to maintain it as often. So do you need a $200 knife to get into bushcraft? No. Or survival? No. Let's talk about that. You have knives such as this one, the Bushcraft Cookery by Tops great knife it's a big knife this is a chopper you won't chop with a knife that I just had it's not made for that you can still do intricate carving with this will it be as comfortable no but you can this I would take this is a even though it says bushcraft 
This is more of a survival knife. A survival knife is the shit hits the fan and you have a knife that you're going to have to cut down trees with, which you can do with, with the bushcraft. But you're more concerned with bulk and strength than you are fine carving. You know, I could beat in a car door with this. Um, that is a survival knife. A bushcraft knife is along the lines of right here. This is a bushcraft knife. We'll get into that. Then I went into carving. And you see I went on a spray paint tangent because wherever I went, my knives was walking away. So this is a Japanese Kardashian. It's made specifically for fine carving. Now let's talk more before we get into survival. Let's talk about bushcraft in general, okay? This knife right here is the Mora HD MG compa Companion, heavy duty military grade companion. This is the knife of the Swedish military. It's not full tang. That's what they call a stick tang or a rat tail tang. The handle goes all the way around. The tang of this knife goes into a little, not a little bit, but that wide down to about right here. This knife is a $15 knife and it's actually the knife that is recommended to take to sear training. It's got the Scandinavian grind on it. So it works wood extremely well. Most of your bushcraft knives will be four to five fingers in length, one eighth of an inch thick, in between carbon and stainless. The difference is carbon you can strike a uh, spark off of with a rock in case you need to do that for some reason. It's easier to maintain in the field and it holds a good edge. Stainless is great for if you're on water or a humid environment and you don't care about being able to strike a rock, you know, a um, rock and cause a spark onto some tinder. But stainless or carbon will still strike a ferro rod. Mora's I think they use something similar to 1095. This is a carbon. I have two uh, stainless and the rest is all carbon. I just prefer carbon. I don't live near an ocean or anything. But this is all you need. And it's about 10 to $15 on the Amazon and it's prime. It comes with a sheath, just a plastic cheap sheath. Uh, the thing I like about the sheath besides the clip is right here is a hole what that hole is designed for is if you're wearing overalls or a coat you can just clip it on the the button and go on uh, the knives that i use the most i put a um just a loop around and i'll wear it around my neck that's a nod to my, my instructor and mentor morris kohansky and uh, that way it's always with me. I know where it's at. I can get to it. I can feel the difference. So if I lay this down somewhere, I feel that there's a, a weight difference. But Moore's, some of my knives, I could buy 20 of these. Uh, 
for what I paid for one. So that's something to consider. Uh, just because something is low cost doesn't mean it's cheap or it's shit. You know, and just because something costs a lot doesn't mean that it's a lot better. So many price points. Now let's talk about a different grind. This right here is an SE laser strike. And you see, I, I beat my knives pretty bad. It usually comes code, coated. The thing I don't like about the coating, even though it probably voids the warranty, but on SE it doesn't, but in some other ones it does, is I don't know if that's getting into my food. I'm kind of iffy about that. But this is a convex grind. You can see how it almost makes like a U. It's got a spear point, a spear point versus a drop point. I'll show you a drop point here in a second. This is a spear point. It comes down to you know, a more rounded point. Um, in the woods, you're less likely to be stabbing people. We'll talk about knives for that, you know, later on. But this is a good all-around workhorse. You know, less than a hundred dollars. Now. What you run into is you have people who buy this, stuff like this. Now, this is a Topps, Kuma Tackery. It's, you know, supposed to be a wilderness knife. They just put a, a bow drill divot right there. This knife doesn't know what it wants to be. It, it doesn't know if it wants to be a chopper. It doesn't know if it wants to be, you know, a field knife. And you run into that with designs. It's like they want to throw everything in with the kitchen sink. Um, this knife, I would, you know, I would use this knife. I have used this knife. I mean, you can tell I've, you know, it, it's, it's, it's got its uses. Um, is this recommended? No. I mean, it depends. It's for bushcraft, no. For a survival knife, possibly. We'll get into more options on that. It's full tank, so... You're not going to break it. It has a you know hardened pommel. This knife would be one of those where like it's the end of the world. You know I'm going to try to survive. I don't care if it's good at everything. Um, let's go. So when you're buying your knives, make sure buying your knife for but you know make sure you know whether it's bushcraft, if it's survival, if it's uh, wilderness, if it's urban, because different design features will be what you want. Now, I'm not going to go through this whole stack, but, you know, a, a Nepalese cookery is there. You know, a large, okay, this is a larger example of a, one of my other knives. This is a Nesmic style knife just on a grand scale. The thing I like about the Nesmic is the hump. What this hump is used for on a smaller knife is when you're butchering, you make your first incision, stick this, stick two fingers up and the incision you make, stick this up and as you push up, that hump separates the organs and everything from the, from the rest of the hide. Um, I got this just because I needed a machete and it's a, a style that I like, it just happened to be that thing. Is it practical? No. The Tom Brown Tracker. You either love it or you hate it. Hell, I've even got paint on this. 
don't waste your money. The top, Silent, or Silent Hero, great knife, great knife. I need to clean my knives as you can see. Well, maybe not, this camera kind of sucks. Now let's talk about the shape of this knife. This is a full tang knife, slab micarta. Micarta is great. Most of your outdoors knives will have a micarta handle because the wetter it gets, the grippier it gets. So if your hands is covered in water, um, blood from an animal, whatever, you're still gonna have your grip. Tops goes a step farther and does Rocky Mountain Tread as they call it, which just gives you more purchase. The shape of this knife, you'll, it's reminiscent of a kitchen knife. It's a French trade style knife. And most of the time, you're either cooking or building a fire with a knife outside. Uh, very little will you spend in self-defense, but you, this knife was made for both. Um, this is more of a wilderness knife because it was made to protect elephants in Africa. You know, and it just has a sheath, you know, leather sheath. You have micarta, or not micarta, you have kydex sheaths, plastic sheaths, leather. Uh, this is another, this is a Mora. Same style, but it's a stainless steel blade. It's Mora Sweden. Uh, they come in awesome different colors. You can get green, red, fuchsia. I love fuchsia, blaze orange, black. Whatever you want, they can make it. Same style. Uh, I beat this one with a hammer just to see if I could break it. And that there's all it did. See if it kind of will focus in right there. That's all it did. Um, I have a thing for Mora's if you haven't already noticed. Now, Essie, this is what most people think of when they think of Essie, the Essie 6. What we've learned is... The first four inches, so basically four fingers, does all the work, okay? So from here, where my fingers cover now, do 10% of the work. This does 90. But the best feather sticks come from the curved portion of the blade right here. So the way we got around that is design a knife where the whole blade is curved. So, let me look for it right fast. I do apologize, talk amongst yourselves. So what came of that, as soon as I can find it, is, that's it right here, the Jessmic. Okay, it has the Nesmic hump, but the entire blade is an Ulu style blade. So anywhere that I do feather sticks with this knife on a Scandi grind, will make awesome feather sticks. This has micarta or G10 uh, slabs, I believe it's micarta. This is uh, custom out of uh, LT Rock. It's the one that made this knife. Now you take this knife, and let me just grab a Mora. I can buy one knife right here. 
I could buy 30 of these knives right here for what this one knife cost. Is it worth it? You decide. This knife, you can get different steels in. It's hand done by people. You know, a person that does, you know, make her LT right set there, polished it out, made sure everything was exactly the way it was supposed to be. These are mass produced. 30 for one. So, you know, if it's going to be in your hand all the time or if it's going to be special someone, you know, and of course you get a nice, you know, full grain leather case with it. But you decide. Um, this is the Bravo, the Bark River Bravo 1. What happened with this knife is the Marine Corps Force Recon Supply sent out letters to different knife makers. And they didn't let them know that it was the uh, yeah, Marine Corps for Force Recon. They just wanted some knives just to test. And this was the knife that survived everything. Um, you know, is that the knife for you? Look how thick it is. Now let's talk about something. This is a vintage hunting knife. Okay, it is an Imperial from Providence, Rhode Island, I think from the 70s. Look how thin that is. Versus the thinner knife is lighter and will cut better than a thick knife. Is this knife stronger? Depends on what you're doing with it. You're trying to cut yourself out of a down airplane cockpit? Yeah. I'd like to say, give me that Bark River and I'll take it now, please. If I'm not, you know, in that situation, I'm not being a dumbass with it. This is just fine. 100% just fine. Um, again, that one, that hunting knife I just had, it was $1.50 at a flea market. I paid $8 for a sheath. It takes and holds an edge. Great, great, great buy. About $300. So you could, in theory, buy 300 of that one knife or one of these. And again, I'm not downing anybody. You know, look right here's another Mora. This is a classic. It's got the wood handle. This one's about $20. It's carbon, as you can see. Then this tank goes to about right here. Great, awesome knife. This is Cody Lundeen's personal knife from Dual Survival. You know, as long as you know what you're doing and you practice. And then, okay, so that would be bushcraft knives. Here's one. Here's a bushcraft knife. G10 Handles Spider Co. Bushcraft. $600. Is it worth $600 for one knife? Or let me do some math here. 60 of these, six zero of these for one of this. Now I'm not down in anyone, like I said, about what they have and what they can afford. You know, this knife fits amazing in my hand. This knife will last a lifetime. 
you know, I might break 20 of those, but this is something you have to look, you know, to judge for yourself and what you want. Now let's get into survival now. So let me put the rest of these away. Let's see here. Like I said, I'm just leave that one out for a little bit. Okay. This is a Nesmic. This is a bushcraft knife. As you can see, it's a smaller version. That hump, it's all, I just wanted to show you that. Okay. Survival knives. What is a survival knife versus bushcraft? Okay. This is one solid piece of 52100 leaf spring steel. One solid piece. There's no junction. It's one half inch solid piece. This, even though it says survivalist, I'll, I'll, I'll give that. It is a survival knife. You you can do fine carving, and you can beat it through a, an airplane cockpit. That's the difference. A bushcraft knife is going to be when you need to make the precise cuts, when you're skinning an animal, when you, you know, go on through there. Okay, I'm just putting some of these up. Ootsie, or Ootsie, the 5,000-year-old caveman, had this knife. Um, this is a one-to-one. -one. The difference is this is metal instead of stone. That is what he lived his life with. That's all he needed because his skill was so finely caught, you know, finely honed that that is all he needed to do everything, to make traps, to process game, to cook, was this. Okay. Now, let's get into survival slash urban. Military operations. Becker BK-9. The war bowie. Nine inches. That is, you know, this is not an urban carry. This is, I want to club some fucker to death with because I'm going to find it somewhere because somebody ordered it from U.S. Cav on deployed and didn't want to take the weight, so they dropped it. Is it a bad knife? No. Becker's a great knife. You know, I got that. Just, I don't know why I got it. I don't. Um, let's go through here. Urban. That's, that's what we're doing with Urban Carry. Okay. The BK-3 Tack Tool. It's a sharpened pry bar, literally. Um, this is a ingress tool. If I want to get inside a house, a car, an apartment building, this is what I'm taking with me. Because I can break the glass, seatbelt cutter, I have an edge, and I'm going to get in. That's what it was designed for. Uh, on record, at last I was told from Ethan Becker, the guy that designed it and everything, is there's been one 
warranty ever for, for the for this knife. And it was when Katrina flooded and they the guards was using this knife to pry open jail cell doors with and it broke. So shit hits the fan. That is a is a urban survival knife. I'm not make I'm not doing feather sticks. I'm not making traps with it. Um entering and exiting buildings, cars, um you know, stuff like that. Let's see here. I'm just going through kind of you know this right here. The Rowan Hest hostile environment survival tool. I've cut down trees with this little thing. My sister was with me and, and she was like, oh my God. And it was cool because I love my sister. You know, is this a bushcraft knife? No, it's small. It's all you need for an urban environment. You know, I can make fires with it. I can go on. Um, Self-defense knives. What's the difference? Okay. We'll cut some of them. Let's see, put those up. Okay. Oh, I wanted to show you this right quick. It was made by a student of mine. Handmade this Damascus. He's a knife maker. And it's all he figured you need. And it's about two to three, about three inches. No, four is four inches. I'll give him four on that. You know, you don't need much. And don't let price dictate what you buy and what you don't buy okay killing knives tops hunter killer tracker this knife is made specifically to kill people it's not a wilderness knife it's a, an urban knife could you gut something with this yes would it be ideal no. If you were spending most of your time in the, you know, or in a, in a population center, this right here is what I would have. Again, one reason: a karambit, the deadliest knife ever made, is a karambit that big. A four-foot-tall Filipino person will fuck your shit up with this. This is just a double-edged version. These and this, this is just a larger version. This is an extremely larger version. Is an urban knife. There's nothing wilderness about this knife at all. So you have wilderness, and that is broken into bushcraft and survival. And then you have urban, defensive, and everyday carry. This, these are defensive. This World War II Sykes-Fairbairn original still has the British issue number on it. This is a fighting knife. But one, this is an exception. With this knife, we did find that this was a superior filleting knife. But that was about it. So, you know, 
Again, an $8 sheath from Amazon. You gotta love it. Okay. What do I carry on a daily? I carry a pocket knife, which is the uh, Spider Co. UKPK. It's a three inch blade, three inch handle. I carry a Topps Iraqi Jack joint aggravation control. Uh, I like it because it's small, fixed full tang, fixed blade, uh, and the handle fits my hand. So if I want something with a little bit more purchase on it, I pull this out. It's not, most people don't think about it because I can you know, put it in your hand and kind of cut what you need and go on. Uh, if I'm somewhere where there's people around, I'll, you know, if I can't use my UKPK, I'll move to an area where I can. Uh, if I'm going into the woods, it'll be the Black Rhino. Um, just because I'm testing it right now to see how, how it works. No other reason. Point is, and I know I've said this a lot, and I'm going to stop saying it because this is going to be the end of the video. When you buy a knife, whether you buy one knife or you buy a thousand knives, know the intended purpose. Wilderness, urban. Wilderness, bushcraft, survival. Urban, defensive, everyday carry. It really comes down to that. You can take any one of those knives from the $600 one down to the $6 one. Put them in the hands of someone who knows what they're doing. And they're going to make them look the knife you want to buy. That's it. Hone your skill. I don't care if it's a $4 gas station knife or a $400 knife. Hone your skill. Know the parts of the knife. Know how to sharpen, which we're going to get into that in the next video, maintenance and field maintenance. And go from there. I know people who have used, for example, Cody Lundin. I've not met him personally, but I have talked to him. And he prefers a Mora. And if you're not a jackass with it, it's going to hold. Don't take this knife right here and do a video of you bashing it into a piece of wood complaining that it's not chopping. The knife was not meant to chop. It's beyond its capabilities. Can you chop with it? Yes, you can baton with it. Do I recommend batoning? No, I don't like the fact of beating my knife against something with something else, especially during a survival situation, like a true survival. If I have to, I'd like to know that the knife can handle it, but I don't recommend it. I recommend you take your knife, you put a good clean edge on it, and you practice your fire making. You practice your feather sticks. You practice cutting. You practice carving. You practice carving all the 
the notches for the figure four deadfall for a, um, the name of it just escapes me. Why does this always, <laughs> a, uh, Paiute deadfall, you know, different traps. That skill that you're honing is more important than the cost or brand of any knife you could ever have. So, I've rambled. You've seen a tenth of my collection. Now, I want you, for your homework, to practice. And keep, you know, keep, you know, keep in touch because I'm going to do, a, I'm doing a series of these. So, just to cover, you have blade, spine, edge, full tang, slab. And this is a Kydex sheath. We're going to cover sheaths in a later video. It's Matt. Get outside. I love you. Be kind to one another. And avoid the COVID.